A PG-13 remake of an Asian horror film? Those things never suck. In this episode, we discuss The Uninvited. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm John Kingman. Yeah, we, we cannot get everyone together in a room anymore, guys. Why not? I mean, I don't know why I'm dressing as you, yeah, you, you as well, I've never been in this room before. No, but uh, I don't know. Elliot's... I, don't, I think you walked into the wrong room, possibly. <laughs> I was going for the uh, downstairs, but the uh, the party sounded like the, it was happening up here. You're going for the potluck sure. yeah. we were having. Um, yeah, Elliot, I don't know. He got married, and I guess he wants to spend time with his wife. Yeah, I don't really understand it. I think he's nervous that she's going to chase after him with a rolling pin or mm-hmm. whatever wives do. Well, that's why we got John in here, because John also just got married. I think he got married even more recently than Elliot. Yeah, No kidding. And so we got him in here to, to prove that um, you know you can still do a podcast once so you're married. So this is kind of like an elaborate burn on... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's even a, that elaborate. burn on Elliot. It doesn't actually help me, though, because I can't go home tonight. I've actually been kicked out of my apartment. But. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well... Um, we didn't really prove anything. Well, <laughs> I mean, I proved that I could screw up your evening. That's true. That's yeah. true. And oh, possibly the listeners at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, Shocktober. Yes. This is the second Shocktober episode. Is it? In my favorite month, Shocktober. Okay. <laughs> and because... Uh, do, you get, do you get money every time you plug Shocktober? <laughs> Nike has some type of Shocktober related uh, launch, right? Sure, yeah. I'm not sure who owns the patent on Shocktober. I just know I get 75 cents every time I say that word. Yeah, I think I think Stevie Ray Vaughan has Rocktober okay. patented. Yeah, Cocktober. That's something so, else entirely. <laughs> Mocktober is mm-hmm. for uh, people who are allergic to October. Yeah. <laughs> Getting October burgers. So uh, we're talking about October again. Uh, what do we What do we do during this month? We watch uh, horror movies with a slightly increased frequency than the rest of the year. Sure, and apple picking. We also do apple picking, yeah. but that's not based on. That's not. We don't really talk about that. It's really the unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. We don't really cover that. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in a movie minute. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not right now. So we watched a horror movie tonight. Yeah, a horror movie, not a horror movie. No, that would have been something else. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have enjoyed the evening much more. Yeah, sitting around with a couple of dudes watching yeah. a movie about a bunch of whores <laughs> would have been more <laughs> awkward when your wife came home. and We were just watching eh. a horror movie. No, horror. No, movie. I think you know. My I wife. mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> she's, she's, yeah, she's probably seen worse. Uh, no, we watched a film called The Uninvited. Which is a American remake of a Korean horror film by the name A Tale of Two Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, both. Neither of them sound like horror movie names. <laughs> no, no, neither do. I mean, I mean, Uninvited, I guess, sounds like, but I don't know what it, what it would be about. It doesn't really clue you into what. No. I mean, I, I imagine like a house and somebody shouldn't be in the house. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as it really seems to go for me. 
doesn't evoke much more. Or it could be a movie about uh, about uh, what's her face, Alanis Morissette. Okay, and the writing of her hit song "Uninvited." That was a hit song by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the lyrics were, uh, "And you, you are not allowed. You're uninvited." Is that off of uh, "Jagged Little Pill"? Or no, this was later? this was this was after she was relevant. I just stopped yeah. following. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, I I imagine it would be a horror movie about a party mm-hmm. of werewolves <laughs> and one person turns up and they're not a werewolf and yeah. they weren't invited in the first place. That, that sounds makes like more a, sense. That sounds like a great movie. Although I would call that movie Werewolf Party. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think you'd get more uh, eyes. You get a bigger audience if you called the movie Werewolf Party with an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The uninvited. I mean that uh, can you think of a blander title for a movie? Ghost. Ghost was a pretty bland title, yeah. but it actually weirdly ended up being much more appropriate to the movie. Right? Yeah. Uh, now think of Life as they, We Know It, starring Catherine Heigl. Well, there you go. That's uh, they a more put an exclamation title. point at the end of Ghost, turned it from Ghost to Ghost. <laughs> I think that would have been a much better movie. That's that's a very. I mean, good people point. probably would have seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have died a slow, painful death of right. obscurity. They could have yeah. let Whoopi Goldberg really. Let herself loose, do sure. her uh, maybe, full comedic powers. Maybe the poster would have been her pointing at Patrick Swayze, shouting "ghost" in a word balloon. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, I realized that uh, we have fucked this up entirely because we, we we introduced that John Kingman was here, but we said nothing about him as a person. Uh, so you want to rewind it? No, I just want. I think that like before we get into the meat of the movie, which we. Oddly enough, haven't done. Either. Yeah, we've been, we've been <laughs> dancing around. We're it. deep into the podcast. We should say a few words about our guest host. Should we say, or should I? Should I should probably? You say should a say few something words about, about yourself. I probably shouldn't do the introduction. Yeah. Stuart, justify we, your existence, Joe. Uh, I am a what am I? I am a comedy director. Uh, mm-hmm. I have directed a variety of stage and video uh, comedies, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some industrial shorts for money. Uh, and wait, you weren't doing those industrial shorts for love? I for both. There's a lot of love when you're trying to talk about like proper HR policies. Um, <laughs> and I think that like it really you need to bring an artist's touch to that. But the paycheck of uh, a whole fifty cents, yeah, yeah, an auteur's direction. You've done a lot of uh, your, your work is readily available on uh, ucbcomedy.com. Yes, and the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go there. I have a channel uh, with my name on it. And you and I That's met cool. each other during... Is it like guys getting kicked in the nuts by little <laughs> yes. kids and stuff? Yes. <laughs> squirrels, squirrels kicking people in the nuts. Sure, that's, I'll, I'll watch that. My wife and I have a very funny cat. And it does a lot of things that uh-huh. we just think are darling. Insult so. comedy? Does your cat do insult comedy? I do voiceovers over the cat. Okay. Cat, okay. It, it can't actually talk, so okay. I had to lip sync over. You it. do like song mash ups where it looks like the song's doing the singing? Uh-huh. Yep. Wait, yep. the song? <laughs> the song's the cat. doing the singing. Oh, man, wow. I got mixed up. Metaphysical. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I just post Nas songs with the lyrics over them and then maybe like some inspirational pictures. Too. I hope I hope you bleep out all the, the swear words. Oh, yeah, though, definitely, because that's not inspirational. It's not family friendly. We don't need to keep those types of Fs and Ss in there. No, but you and I uh, met each other during the production of uh, a show called Video Gaga. Yes. Yes. That our mutual friend Sarah Schaefer, now an Emmy-winning uh, yes. writer. Congratulations, for Sarah. For the uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon show. Woo. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a music video 
themed it was stage a, show. a variety show really because we also had like live guests uh we had some semi high profile musical entertainment mm-hmm. some dancing uh can't in, really in remember. violation of cabaret laws yep yep yeah okay well that's i think you've justified yourself that's enough. me you deserve to be here. Okay, so now we can get Ooh. back to uh, the uninvited, which is a which is a movie. In in Elliot's absence, I'll try and quickly synopsize this okay. film. It begins with our hero heroine. Probably better that I'm not doing it. Our heroine, played by Emily Browning, okay, who was the elder sister in the Lemony Snicket uh, series of unfortunate events movie. Um, <laughs> so uh, she is uh, getting out of a mental. A hospital for youths, troubled youths. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mom had died, yeah, and that had made her troubled. In a so, in a mysterious fire, mm-hmm. her mom had died in a house fire explosion mm-hmm. combination. Yeah, and her father, which is how I want to go. By the way, guys. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a peaceful. <laughs> I want to go in the biggest explosion you can. So, like when when you're getting old and like it looks terminal, I should just come to your place and you know just. Uh, you know, open up all the gas lines. Yeah, I mean, I want you to set it up like a mousetrap thing. I don't want <laughs> you to, like, just throw a stick of dynamite at me. That'd be stupid. That'd be mur- <laughs> You get in trouble. Do you want some type of, like, Rube Goldberg device that goes around the room so you can watch all of the uh, pieces fall into place before you die? Yeah, I want to be like, oh, okay, I like this. Oh, the I didn't realize that frying pan could do that. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. And then when I die, I want to be, like, clapping. <laughs> as, I, as I get blown off into the neither world. Okay. There's going to be an egg that falls onto a hot plate. Yep. <laughs> and it has to cook to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure you need a mouse running on a treadmill at some part in that. You need some kind of a live animal. Yeah. You or have like to take a somebody scare with a chicken you. so it, it shits out an egg. A candle needs to burn through a string. At sure. some point. This is we're, this is just the beginning of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, isn't <laughs> okay. it? The Uninvited was clearly a very good movie. All right. Well, the, uh, to get back to it, uh, her dad, uh, played by David Strathairn, famed uh, John Sayles' uh, He's favorite. Great. David yeah. Strathairn. I don't even know if I'm saying his last name correctly. Strathairn? 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 I don't, I don't know. know. Jason Statham. <laughs> was, played by Jason Statham. <laughs> was the father in the movie. <laughs> So, it, was a, it was a stretch for him. Yeah, I didn't he, see a bald man in this role. He did a really good job with the car chase scene and the part where he fought the two giants uh, in the bar. Yeah, the the two giant, I guess, they, they looked Eastern European guys, and yeah. he covered himself in some kind of butter or something, yep. so they couldn't grab his body. It was really impressive. So I think yeah. his heart had died, so he only had like a 9 well, gave battery him, keeping him alive. They sure. gave him the Hong Kong cocktail. Right. So. Um, so what happened is, Emily Browning comes home, uh, she finds that her dead mother has been usurped sure. by uh, a stepmother, played by Elizabeth Banks, uh, known as a comic actress here in a straight role uh, as the evil stepmother. Um, now, this this woman was uh, her mom's nurse who uh, then stepped in once her mom died to, to, to take her place. and uh, That's how you get the, the moniker stepmother, too, right? Like, you mm-hmm. step into the place of you, the yeah, original mother. You step mother. over the dead body of right. the mother. Step, step on the corpse. to the streets. Right. Two. <laughs> Three days. <laughs> um, so, so that happened. And, uh, and so uh, Emily Browning and her sister, played by some girl who was in John Tucker Must Die, um, 
you sure. know, hang out together, uh, complaining about this, this this new bitch who's entered their lives. Um, and there's a bunch of shit, there's a shitload of ghosts hanging around. Yeah, man, it's fucking ghost central. Um, her, her mom appears as a ghost, you know. There's some little kids, because kids make the best ghosts. Three creepy three kids. Three creepy kids, two, two, two brothers and, a, like, a girl who looks like you she's, assume they're like brothers? a pilgrim. You don't know they're brothers right off the bat, they just have matching they outfits. They look very similar. Yeah, I mean, but they don't, like, say anything like, hey, this is my ghost brother. No. Like, <laughs> No, they might just do their shopping at LL Bean, both of them, and it's yeah, you know, I mean, it's a normal thing. Yeah, I mean, they could be just really good friends with the same taste in clothes. All right, everybody likes a blue Oxford and some khaki pants. I don't think that that's yeah, they, like they looked a little bit like crazy. pilgrims. Yeah, no, they were yeah they were like pilgrim kids. That's Either, what I was wondering was was this a movie about pilgrims? But it it wasn't. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that those kids probably just got killed on their way to production of the Crucible, like a sure. school play. I Never thought it was Blair Witch to step up to the streets, okay. so I got confused yeah. halfway through the movie. Sure, no, that very confusing. Because Dan said we were going to watch that. And yeah, got, I remember he got excited, and he went to the bathroom when he made the decision that we were going to watch the Underdog. <laughs> well, he went to the bathroom when, while I explained that, that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I came out very excited. Yeah, so uh, we didn't want to say anything because you were so excited. So yeah, there's a bunch of ghost. Ghost stuff going on. The like the mom is like a lot of shenanigans. The mom's pointing at Elizabeth Banks and being like murderer. I think she actually she just said murder. She mm. did not say murderer, which was confusing to me because I wasn't really sure what she was trying to point out about Elizabeth Banks when she was pointing at the window, uh, saying murder. Yeah, I mean that must have been some kind of like uh, like thing where our brain kind of finishes the the, the word, right? Sure, right. You or know, I might have gone back to the bathroom. It's okay. I went to the bathroom a lot tonight. Yeah, does there probably have a bladder infection? I don't think so. It just hurts a it. it hurts a lot, but I think well, it's that fine. sounds like a bladder infection. Well, I'm not going to go to a doctor, so let's. just... I mean, you just got married, so you probably just got a new piercing down there. Yeah, because you know, I mean, that's how you keep your wife, right? That's how you. That's how you get a wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've been through an engagement process. I haven't, no. Watch the movie A Very Long Engagement. It'll teach you everything about the piercings oh, okay, uh, you cool. need that and the other nice. marital aids. That's actually really good advice. Uh, listeners, you should write that down <laughs> and then uh, email it to me at <laughs> Stuart <Well, Wellington. laughs> They have to write it down and then email it to you? I don't you have a pen and paper, Dan. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't know why you're making the listeners write it down, send into it your to personal assistance. At uh, Stuart at the flophouse.edu. <laughs> it's not, a, not an email that exists. So I didn't realize the Flophouse was a, an accredited institution of higher <laughs> it learning. It's an educational that's primary. It's a primarily educational mission. I had no idea. I just yeah. thought it was uh, movie reviews. Mm-hmm. So uh, you learn something. Yeah, here. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> do, 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 do. So, but well, by the end of the movie, um, uh, the the two gir- the two girls, the the titular sisters, if this was the Korean version, which it isn't, but the two sisters, um, just you know, decide that they they think that Elizabeth Banks has uh, killed three children. Um, and their mom, and their, their mom, and their mom, more and probably this dude Matt. Yeah, the, the, there's yeah this this dude Matt. I we didn't even mention uh, Emily Browning's um, you know bow or or possible bow, like the most awesome most awesome guy bed. in the world. Yeah, I think yeah he's a hunk. Yeah, a beefcake a little bit. Yeah, really like really cool dude. 
But the, the yeah, and kind of really down to earth, you know. Like yeah. he, he drives his cool speedboat around. Got like a boat. Delivers, delivers groceries. He works in this really dark storeroom. Got yeah. some cargo shorts, or maybe they're like cargo pants that are just rolled up to short length. Can a little confusing, but it, it looks really good. Yeah. No, he's well. He's around water, and water can get on your your pants yeah. if they're not rolled up. But the point is, the girls become convinced that uh, Elizabeth Banks is this Black Widow character who uh, what she does is she moves in. Like a stepfather, uh, yeah. Like uh, yeah. she's 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 a nurse, and then she moves in. She kills off people. She like, and the proof of this is they they like the these these three children that died, uh, who who have been pointed to by these ghostly apparitions. Like uh, uh, the main character finds their graves and then googles their names, uh, and she finds a a photo of all of them. And uh, the mother who was murdered, uh, who was murdered of these children, is wearing a pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a literal pearl necklace, Stuart. <laughs> not, there's no, uh, it's not ejaculate. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> <You> keep laughing. <laughs> um, so she's wearing a pearl necklace that uh, Elizabeth Banks also has a pearl necklace of the exact <laughs> same make and model, which was pretty coincidental if you think about it. That they mm-hmm. had the exact same looking. Yeah, it, it's crazy that two women would have, would have pearl yeah. necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> a and really then, uh, uncommon type of yeah. necklace. And somehow she tries to, to give that pearl necklace to uh, right. our, to her, her, her stepdaughter. <laughs> Don't know how There's that's going to work out. a lot of exchange of pearl necklaces <laughs> okay. in this movie. So... Now that that's done with. So this one-of-a-kind pearl necklace uh, is... <laughs> no one right. ever it is hard, it is hard not to the key point of evidence, right? It's this yeah. unique, no one else in the world has a pearl necklace at all that looks even kind of like this. Yeah. There, she Three has strands to be the murderer. of pearls. Yep. Well, that's how it's they totally knew. Crazy. Because usually it's either a one-strand or a two-strand pearl necklace... This had three individual strands, Never thereby sealing the yeah. evidence. Yeah, there's no way. So at the end of the movie, uh, oh Jesus! Can there's, we do you big, guys do spoilers? No, on, we, on do spo- we do. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Why don't you? Why don't you tell the big shocking reveal? Yeah. Okay. Story? So um, the whole movie, you think Elizabeth Banks is this crazy murderer? The, this ghost keeps showing up to tell our main character that, uh, you know, she's got to get out. She's next. She's going to get murdered next. And then it all turns out that uh, she has been imagining that her sister's there. Her sister's been a figment of her imagination because she accidentally killed her sister and her mom and then went crazy and then killed Elizabeth Banks and this dude, Matt. Um, it was her all along. She was the killer. Our narrator was a crazy person. Huzzah. Unreliable narrator. Right. So the real reveal is that Elizabeth Banks isn't a murderer. She's just a bitch. She's just a shitty no, stepmom. She, she I think she, she dug was, her own grave, to be honest here, guys. I mean... She was trying hard. She what about really... the pork roast, man? Uh, the, I can't remember what the actress's name is. The main character... Emily Browning. Emily Browning uh, knocks over a pot roast, and Elizabeth Banks comes in, and she throws a whole bitch fit... About. Well, that was an important dinner party. It was a very I nice mean, dinner party. The, the like the local very minister was lit. probably there. Like maybe not, maybe not the mayor, but maybe the like the the, the comptroller, and maybe the mayor's maybe, assistant, maybe an astronaut. <laughs> sure. Definitely an astronaut. I think I saw Buzz Aldrin in the background. Oh no, shit! NBC's yeah. using that guy for everything important. now. He needs some money. I think he's. Uh, yeah. you, didn't, you don't get a lot of money going to space. He should have brought back more moon gold. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I would say. There was plenty of room on the shuttle. For yeah, I mean, gold. it was fucking probably empty. They just brought <laughs> They used all back. that fuel to get up there. They didn't have to use it to get back. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I don't know about you guys. I was a little frustrated because I don't really like it when a movie uh, where you think one thing and then whoop, whoop, they switch it up on you and it turns out that this ghost thing probably never happened. They just threw that in there for you to get scared uh, because, I mean... I'll, no, look, you think there was actually a ghost? You think there's ghosts no, that are haunting there was, this person? I think that she was crazy the whole time. I will no. What I was gonna say is like crazy for ghosts. The thing I hated least. Cuckoo for cocoa butter. Sure. The thing, I'm not gonna say the thing I liked best. I would say the thing I hated least about the movie was actually sure. the twist. Okay. Like the twist, I felt like they played fair. I mean, like at the beginning of the movie, they set up that this is a crazy person being released from her crazy person hospital. And so why should we believe that anything that she thinks is the case? You know, like they do the whole sixth sense thing where the sister is never addressed directly by anyone other than our main character. They're never like she's never looked that, at. Okay, Th- that's fine. Like, all of that is like all that is has been played, you know, pretty fair. And, you know, in a better movie. In a better movie, I think it would be a genuinely creepy ending where you're like, oh, man, I invested all my right, feelings right. in this person, and now they're a horrible murderer. Well, because you went into it thinking it was going to be a ghost story, but it was actually a murderer story. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, yeah. To, to slash him up. Yep. To that point, that's where they really they lose the, uh, the audience, or at least this audience, which is right. that they didn't invest anything in the main character. Right. Like, she's not a person. She's just a cardboard cutout walking through scenes. Uh Expositing? Yeah. Exposing? Well, the shittiness of the movie before the twist... Right. ...you know, fails the twist, I feel like. I mean, it is uh, like... uh, It's a modern horror movie, and Mm. modern horror movies have this sense that if they don't keep you constantly scared... That you're not, you're gonna get bored and walk away from the movie. Like within the first five minutes, you need to see a corpse falling out of a garbage bag. Right, which you do. Yeah, in this movie, you need yeah. to see blood shooting out of a lock. This movie starts out, uh, we should say, with a crazy dream sequence that had Stewart being like, "What the fuck is? What the fuck? What kind of movie is this?" That's actually an incredible impression of me, Dan. That, <laughs> that was. Well, I can't make my voice as low as yours, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I was I was confused. I was like, "What am I watching?" You were saddened. There's uh, who are these people? Where are we at? Or what season is this? <laughs> well, and if it was why a, are there so many bikinis? <laughs> if it was a Friday the Thirteenth sort of scenario, that first five minutes, one of those characters, whoever we were watching, would have been murdered by the bad guy, and then that would propel us into the world of this terrible thing. But it, instead, it was just a dream sequence. Yeah, filled with red herring. Yeah, it's just like, oh, here's some unrelated uh, scare moments. I mean, the thing, the thing is, like, once you go through the movie, yes, they kind of tie up together. But as just, like, a narrative device, it's irritating to just start off with, like, okay, well, here's a bunch of unrelated money shots that then are going to immediately be revealed as sort of irrelevant right, right. off the bat. And what, uh, what... I mean, she's she's describing this dream sequence to her psychologist. What psychologist is going to let somebody go when they're still having crazy nightmares About regarding the incident that put them there in the first place? Bags full of corpses and exploding houses and dead moms. Yeah, yeah and then he's, uh, his parting words were, yeah, you just got to work through it. Well, he did you also finish what you started, girl. He told her to go out and kiss a boy. So I think that that was really where he was trying to interject. Like, she needs to really reclaim herself. Mm-hmm. And go out and through uh, sexuality, kiss, so, right? Yeah, 
if she can just whore it up a little bit, uh, she'll get past her demons. Yeah, I mean, she it's this lingering guilt about um, getting a guy really turned on and then just not finishing it. Like, yeah. That hurts for a guy, Dan. Yeah. And maybe we should talk. I mean, in the very, very the first scene, uh, she is making out with uh, Matt, Matt, the, the yeah. main male non-David Strathern, Jason yeah, Statham Matt. lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you know, he really likes her and he has a condom. And then she says she needs to go. <laughs> that's so, true. like, that's, that is a yeah. seduction technique. It's like, I really like you. And I've I have got a, a condom. I, have a condom. <laughs> I also know how to use that condom. Just yeah. in case. You I mean, it shows that he. Yeah. I mean, in Matt's defense, it shows that he put a little bit of effort into. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's a gentleman. He thinks. Yeah. You know, he, he's a planner. Uh-huh. Well, that's I think again it's not why all Matt hurts to be safe. No, that's true. It also means that he understands that uh, when because he has genital herpes, he needs to take <laughs> yeah. some kind of measures to protect to protect the people he, he loves. He listens to his doctor. He was really attentive yeah. to his doctor's uh, direction. And as a result, he's I mean, got it's not. It wasn't inflamed that night, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he can't be safe. Yeah, right. You don't have it's to tra- have a trans- current it's outbreak. Trans- yeah. Transmissible. Transmissible. I don't know what you're talking about. At yeah, all, I man. don't know. Oh man, what a great, great movie! You pointed out, Stuart, that um, people in this film don't act like humans. Okay. Like, they don't act like normal people. Like. Just like that was one of the things about the movie is I did uh, think it was a movie about aliens. First. <laughs> people, people do not act like I, w- w- the best example to my mind is the scene where uh, our, our our heroine I still don't remember what her actual name was in the Anna movie. Alex Anna or Alex it's one of the two one okay. of the two well she uh, let's call her A she uh, goes to the sheriff with her you know harebrained. <laughs> Uh, tale about uh, you know the murderous nanny, and um, you know she tells the sheriff this. The sheriff's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that." And then the sheriff's like, "You hang out here." The sheriff leaves her in the room, and as he leaves, he turns the light out <laughs> on her, still sitting in the room. Because that's what you do when you when are you... trying to go out and solve a case. <laughs> well, that's what you do when you exit a room that someone's yeah. still sitting in. You're like, okay, well. Uh, I want to save the, the scene's done. electricity, so uh, you're okay just sitting in the dark, right? Well, I think in his defense, in the sheriff's defense, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are really dark, and there's a lot of scenes where people are doing things completely in the dark. Yeah. So you're thinking that this is actually taking place in an alternate universe where people just hang out in the yeah, dark. Yeah, they're like mole people or something. <laughs> right. They have better vision than us regular <laughs> humans, or stewmans in my case. Whoa. Yeah, I'm a stewman. <laughs> Well, I think I think we talked about the concept that there might have just been a budget issue with this movie because, like, you know, especially with this three uh, three tiered uh, pearl necklace being the like <laughs> identifying you know necklace of the murderer, they couldn't get something that was a little more like ornate and unique, right? Like, right. Uh, what is the the um, Titanic necklace, the teardrop of heaven, or whatever they call that or, thing? Or you <laughs> know, like we just uh, you know, like um, you and I were just talking about. Uh, Boardwalk Empire in the second right. episode, like the, the the gentleman like gives his That's mother uh, like a distinctive Sorry, necklace, very fancy and very easy fancy to recognize. Easy recognize. Yep. Yeah, like why would you if you're making a movie where like the idea is like oh okay well a necklace is going to be a key plot point let's make it the most boring like <laughs> literally like the only thing they could have done that would have been more boring is if they just had like a plain gold chain with a cross on it like one of those tiny crosses. I would advocate for a candy necklace. <laughs> okay, I think that that would have been. <laughs> Unique enough because it has multicolors, and then sure. also 
maybe if the dead lady had taken one bite out of it, but she never finished it off, then there would be like a few pieces missing. Right. So then you'd be like, oh, well, that was... Or teeth marks. Right, or teeth marks that you could easily identify. Well, and so, yeah, so I'm there's... I'm already writing my screenplay. <laughs> there's like, there's poor lighting. Dead lady candy necklace. <laughs> there's a crappy, crappy props uh, and no no named actors and or actresses lighting. except for... David Strathairn and, and uh, David Strathairn and, and Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, but the main characters, like the daughters, are sort of the replaceable teenage horror. Well, and girls, you know, and it's one of these cases where the name actors. You can tell why they're name actors because they were the best people in the film. Right. Like they created yeah, a tour de force, really. Character. Well, but <laughs> it was chewing the scenery. I think is, is with taking it too lightly with the nothing that they were given. Good night and good luck was okay. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a it was a fine yeah. movie, yeah. but I wouldn't call it a film. But this movie, I would call a film because Jason Statham really brought it. <laughs> right? He yeah. really did something much different he, than what he, he did. He created it. a new human being. It's <laughs> yeah. like uh, like a Daniel Day Lewis performance. Yeah, it's like giving birth. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, so another thing that I think we should address is ghost stories. Sure. Now you're really you're don't care for him. You, you're too really scary. Angry. <laughs> you're really angry about ghost stories, and I am too. And one thing that I can say about this you're movie: t- when you say you, you're talking about the listeners at home, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about you, Stuart. <laughs> oh shit! One thing that I can say for this movie is at least the reveal sort of made the like the irritating ghost story elements about it more like palatable because you're like, oh okay, you know, she was just like these are figments of her imagination that she is misinterpreting. But up until that point, I can you know, only it's assume playing out like your typical ghost story that is really fucking annoying. frustrating. Yeah. I can only assume that she, our, our heroine, has watched a lot of like bad Asian horror movies, mm-hmm. and so when she was driven or insane, her psychosis like imagines these ghosts that their only purpose is to like tell her that somebody is a murderer. Right. Like there are these weirdly scary yet benevolent spirits. Yeah. It's just ingrained in her head from watching all that J horror that like that's how Absolutely. these things happen. Yeah, no, like the, what what ghosts do is they scare people into being better. Right. <laughs> yeah, into learning shit. Like yeah. police. They don't <laughs> they don't they don't tell like you spirit cops. Right. <laughs> they don't tell you what they want you to do. They figure that by like a concerted campaign of, of scares, you'll eventually figure out what they're trying to tell you. Well, right. Like Beetlejuice. Yeah. I mean, that's how <laughs> I, I got you to quit smoking. smoking, was I just kept showing up in your house with blood dripping out of my eyes <laughs> and screaming murder, and then I would run out before you could figure out, was I asleep? Or was John actually in my house screaming murder with blood all over him? Yeah, I mean, how long did it take you to climb up into the corner of the ceiling and just perch there until Dan got up to go to the bathroom? Yeah, it's a real pickle. I'm not going to lie. It's not an easy uh, task to get up there. I meant to ask you about this because I thought that that restraining order I put out in you was still in effect. You, yeah. you can't do that to a yeah. ghost, Dan. Yeah, oh, you can't put a restraining order. That's, that's where you need spirit cops. Okay. Cop cops aren't going to be able to stop no. a spirit, so. Okay. Yeah, it's a lo- legal loophole. Really complex. Well, you have, to, you have to get it like you get. You have to get a lawyer with a Ouija board. Sure. Contact the spirit cops. Oh, so speaking of Ouija boards, because this actually this really pissed me off. Uh, very early in the movie, they talk about a chalkboard. Yep. And they make a big stink about the chalkboard, and they even have a scene 
where uh, Emma yeah, like, Browning... Remember how Mom always used yeah. to leave us messages on the chalkboard? She would write us notes that would tell us things that were important. And then they like put the chalkboard up, and then it's never brought up again. Why couldn't they just have had one scene with some ghost chalk? You have to figure that that did pay off. And like this movie was that was in a deleted scene, probably. This movie was less than ninety minutes. Right, that had to have paid off. But the the thing is, like, if they cut the payoff, why was there still the scene of them walking around talking about a chalkboard? Right, right. Cut it all or leave it all in. Well, I think they really liked expository dialogue like that. Uh, and they didn't really care about the payoff itself, but they wanted people to think like, oh my god. Because that was the whole thing. The entire ghost story was a red herring. So they right. wanted to throw as many little like, hey, there's a fucking ghost, like right. that's to the viewer, and then be like, psych, no ghost at all. That might actually be true. Crazy person. Or maybe they were trying to sell the tie-in uninvited chalkboards. Sure. Which you, not you a big bought item. one of. I thought it was going to be a collector's thing, but uh, then yeah, it turned out that America hated the movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dan Dan took a lot of notes during the movie on his uninvited chalkboard. Like I gotta get my use was, out of that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even that good of a chalkboard. No, it's though. made out of plastic. The chalk won't stick. Yeah, it's not slate. So, look, guys, I I'm sorry, I didn't get the Consumer Reports issue about chalkboards. Huh? I apologize. <laughs> Do some research for not next being time. a good consumer. Yeah, I mean, it was just really uncomfortable. Uh-huh. So, anywho, yeah, I don't even know. I don't think that there's much more to say about this movie. There were a lot of bikinis. There yeah, were, I'll give it a thumbs up in the bikini yeah. department. There was a scene where our, our lead actress was uh, hanging around in a polka dotted bra, which yep. you don't usually see. I mean, she was like lying on bed drugged and then reaching for a butcher knife. That I wouldn't yeah. consider that hanging out. <laughs> By the way, as you pointed out, yeah, there was a you know, Elizabeth Banks gets killed by a butcher knife because, I guess, um, there was just a butcher knife on the night nightstand. Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was a bedtime butcher knife. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, think a lot of people sleep with a butcher knife next to their bed. Let's say I, I would just say if you're if your crazy daughter is coming back from the sanitarium, maybe stop putting butcher knives on night nightstands. But if you consistently give your crazy daughter a or stepdaughter a rack of lamb to eat as a midnight snack, then you need to give her something to cut that rack of lamb with. Uh-huh. So I think there's uh, there's pros and cons to it. There's a lot of midnight meat eating. Also, a lot um, of midnight meat trains coming yeah. through. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> I think an important lesson we can all take uh, from this movie is that if uh, if you have a daughter that's in a mental institution, possibly involved with the death of your wife because of an explosion, leave her there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if she comes home, why don't you uh, make a little more effort to deal with her? Because yeah. her dad seemed to really not care that much. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm not saying he was cold, but he didn't really make that much. Uh, there weren't a lot of scenes of him interacting. Stuart, he had just finished his big book, so he's, he's probably yeah, I mean, concerned I'm, with his book. I'm not a writer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, come on. What's How long does it take to write a book? Like, a couple of days? All right. <laughs> Probably, probably, but you know that's, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, a how couple. Many, how many minutes are there in a day? I mean, if you figure if you can write a page a minute. Yeah, it'd be done in no time. <laughs> I mean, it's just telling a story. I mean, come on. That's okay. how Hemingway did it. Mm-hmm. Page a minute, done. Send that to the publisher. Yeah, hammer it out. Yep, get that shit done. Go back to drinking. Yeah, go back to petting your three-toed cats or whatever he has. Yep, yep. five-toed cats. I don't know. 
There were some toes. There's either one fewer or one more. Go to, go to the Keys. You can find <laughs> yeah. out. Hang out with those cats. So, uh, time for final judgments, I think. Okay, so what do we do here? We make a final judgment on the movie, whether it was a good-bad movie, a bad-bad movie, or a movie that we actually liked in some way. Uh, John, where do you go with this? I'm going to definitely say that was a bad, bad movie. Okay. Um, you care to elaborate? Uh, you, uh, you know, know I... Uh, what I think, specifically made it a bad, bad movie? Well, so I, w- I was thinking about the concept of the, like the ghost movie, right? Like, sure. and I can't remember what the name. I think it's the Haunting, the Nicole Kidman remake of another movie that was uh, the Others. The Others. That's a great like reveal ghost movie. I'm not going to say what happens because you know some people might not have seen it. Uh, but Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh wow! Oh, my and God. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that was like a, that was a really good reveal ghost movie, and I felt like that was something where I was uh, invested in the characters and I really enjoyed it. And this, I just didn't care about anybody or anything that was happening, and then it ended, and I thought, huh, this movie's over. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'll say bad, bad movie. I mean, I actually enjoyed watching this movie more than many because like it was it was like it was weird long, and it went along <laughs> at a good yeah, it was eighty. It was like it was so short. And there were women in it that were cute in some scenes and weird looking in other scenes, but just like in life. <laughs> yeah. But that distracted me at least. Uh, but yeah, by and large, I, I would not recommend that anyone check it out. Uh, yeah. It, I knew going into it, it was going to be some kind of a ghost movie. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to like it, and uh, I was right. Oh, and by the way, can we say that A Tale of Two Sisters. A movie that many horror fans love, but Stuart and I agree, is a, a tremendously dull. Yeah, I'll back that up. I mean, that's movie. basically what this movie was, right? Yeah, this was a remake. Of I don't the remember Korean. it too well because it was really boring. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't want to read a book. If you're when gonna I watch a movie. Subtitles, come on, <laughs> get out of here. No, that's not what we're saying. If you're gonna watch a Korean horror movie, watch something like The Host, where there's like a big goofy monster. Yeah, thumbs up to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a bad, bad movie. Um, and I don't know, I don't quite know how I feel that the movie totally, I, I hate unreliable narrators, and I don't quite know how I feel when it changed from being a crappy ghost story to a crappy, crazy killer movie, but uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. I didn't like it very much. Okay. Could have used more boobs. Okay. Yeah. Seeing that there were none in the Yeah, film. I mean, it was PG-13. I mean, there could have been way... Like, if you're going to have a movie with corpses and bags, you could have stepped it up to an R rating. Like, or at least increase the bus size of the girls in the bikinis so that you're seeing more boom wow. without yeah, I mean, breaking the rating code. Absolutely. I agree with that. Just more skin. More skin. See, it's, it's, it's moments like these that I'm amazed at our dedicated female listenership. And David Strathairn. Yeah. He could have gone topless. Uh-huh. Or bottomless. You know, for... You know, for the ladies. <laughs> sure. I mean, he and Matt could have had a game of, like, you know, like, touch football on the, on the beach. Hide the pickle. He's ruggedly handsome in the fatherly sort Who, of Matt? way. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. okay. Um, so this is the point in the podcast where we make our movie recommendations. A movie that you would say uh, the audience should watch, say, instead of The Uninvited. And because this is... Again, Shocktober. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna say that we should make some horror movie re- uh, recommendations. 
Stuart clearly didn't walk in with anything, so I'm gonna go with gonna I'm gonna go to John first. I've got one, so uh, you actually asked me earlier, and I didn't realize we were supposed to give good movie recommendations. No, it can be a, it can be a it can be a bad movie that's actually enjoyable in its badness, rather than something well, like The Uninvited, which is boring in its badness. So uh, the movie I was gonna recommend is Satan's Blade. Uh, good luck finding a copy. Uh, I stumbled upon it when I was 13, and I rented the movie Glory. Starring Matthew Broderick and Denzel Washington, got home, put it in the VCR, and it was in fact Satan's Blade. That's what's awesome. Um, this a is a sort of magical thing, by yeah. the way, that could happen in the days of VHS. Uh, and my dad was at work, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go definitely with Satan's Blade." Uh, knife murderer on the ski slopes. Very few actual stabbings, uh, but hmm. a lot of bare breasts. So for a 13 year old boy, you really. If you're a 13-year-old boy listening to the Flop House, go rent that movie. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that actually um, stars uh, a friend of mine, uh, someone that you also know, Mr. Mr. John Kingman. Yes. Uh, I'm going to recommend the movie uh, Sandman. Oh, I know that guy. Which is uh, spelled S ampersand man. S and man. Yeah. But uh, it's one of these, uh, you know, it's one of these stupid spellings we call them in the business, uh, where it means Sandman, and uh, it's directed by uh, J.T. Petty, a gentleman who uh, I've met a couple of times. I don't know that well, but is a, is a nice guy who wrote, who uh, directed some other uh, horror movies, one called The Burrowers and one called Soft for Digging. Um, but it is. Uh, ostensibly a documentary about um, underground horror movies and people who are making very low-budget horror movies that shade into the area of sort of like horror fetish films. And they also it also has a commentary from a lot of sort of horror um, scholars. But there is a uh, another element of the film that I'm not going to ruin... For people who are not who haven't seen the film, because uh, it's best to be discovered um, uh, on its own terms. But uh, a good friend of mine is in the movie, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But it's it's uh, it's fun. It's genuinely creepy, and it's like 70 minutes long. The so. New York Times actually gave it a very nice write-up that you shouldn't read because it also uh, sort, sort of, of gives away. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember but, uh, watching it with you in like. A fucking like a basement or something. Yeah, well, well it, that was actually I think the best way to see it. That's pretty awesome. Because <laughs> you didn't, like. yeah, you walk into it, you have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that was because uh, my friend uh, Eric, uh, he uh, it was like four years ago. Though, well, right? like the deal was with the movie was it it um, it played at the Toronto Film Festival and it got some nice write ups at the Toronto Film Festival, but. As often happens of movies at film festivals, just didn't get picked up for distrib- distribution, and so like he's been looking, they've been looking for like modes of distribution since then, and now it's finally, you know, gotten a DVD release, and you can get it on Netflix. So, S ampersand man Sandman, my recommendation. Oh man, um, yeah, I can't like. I've recommended so many horror movies on these things that I can't mm-hmm. use my fucking brain Rolodex to think of all of them. Go tos. Um, I am um, on, on a kind of a similar vein. I I watched a movie called uh, The Last Horror Movie a little while mm-hmm. ago, which uh, is 
you know, you uh, the the movie begins like you're like any dime a dozen like horror slasher movie, and then you know it, it looks like the film's breaking or something, or like somebody recorded over it, and it it starts it's uh, it turns out that it's this guy has like recorded over this VHS cassette. And he's like a like serial killer or something, and he you know has recorded his movies uh, of him killing people, and then he like returns it to the video store so for you to find. Um, and I remember liking it enough. Um, yeah, so go check it out. I can't remember how it ends, so I won't spoil it for you. I want to say on a similar vein, I remember when I was a kid reading a short story that was like about a guy who uh, you know like he was like a violent criminal who like escaped from jail. And like you know, it's, it's it's this narrative story, but then it talks of like at the end, it talks about how like this guy has uh, wants to prove himself to this other killer, like and he's going to do it by like uh, killing killing someone at random, and he's inserted uh, the story into like a magazine or a book or whatever, and uh, like the idea is like okay, this guy's following you as you're reading the story, and he's going to kill you. And I have no idea what the name of this short story is. Like, it sort of haunted me for, like, years afterwards. So if anyone anyone recognizes what I'm outlining and uh, knows the name of the story, you should write in... Incident in Isle Creek Bridge. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's by Ambrose Bierce. It's actually about uh, the Civil War. Sure. Um, Incident at Oglala, I think, is the, about the Indian Reservation shooting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Feds. It's called The Necklace. Oh. And it's by Guy de Maupassant. Wait, yeah, is that who like did The it. Necklace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone has an idea, or if anyone just wants to write in, because we haven't gotten, gotten a lot of uh, emails lately, write into the Flophouse Podcast at gmail.com and uh, let me know, or just say something else. That you want to say. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, guys. Great. I think that's it. I've had a good time with you. Uh, no, not really. Okay. I enjoyed myself greatly. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, we should sign off. Uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And I've been John Kingman. Good Yay! night. Spooky sounds! problem that we all are deadpan dry bassy deliveries of things uh, I, can, gonna, I can talk like this guys people are going to listen to this and be like one guy just sat in a room for the entire night talking to himself one guy one guy did all those voices back there i know just that's the guy. reveal